first reading for today is from Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 22 to 38. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will declare that I am the Lord, declares the Sovereign Lord, when I show myself holy through you before their eyes. For I will take you out of the nations, I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You will live in the land I gave your forefathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanliness. I will call for the corn and make it plentiful and I will not bring famine upon you. I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the field so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. Then you remember your evil ways and wicked deeds, and you will loathe yourself for your sins and detestable practices. I want you to know that I am not doing this for your sake, declares the Sovereign Lord. Be ashamed and disgraced for your conduct, O house of Israel. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. On the day I cleanse you from all your sins, I will resettle your towns and the ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass through it, they will say, This land that was laid waste has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were lying in ruins, desolate and destroyed, are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations around you that remain will know that I and the Lord have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Once again, I will yield to the plea of the house of Israel and do this for them. I will make the people as numerous as sheep, as numerous as the flocks for offering at Jerusalem during her appointed feasts. So will the ruined cities be filled with flocks of people. Then they will know that I am the Lord. The second reading comes from Luke chapter 6, verses 41 to 45. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrites! First take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. The tree and its fruit. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognised by its own fruit. People do not pick, pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart his mouth speaks. This is the word of the Lord. 
Well, isn't it great to sing and be reminded of God's grace as we come to look at his word, which is what we are going to do now. Perhaps if you've got a Bible with you, you might want to open it to Luke chapter 6 as we carry on looking at the Sermon on the Plain. But a lot has changed, hasn't it, during lockdown. Uh, things are still changing. We're now recording in church. Uh, some of the changes have been good. Uh, some of the changes have been more difficult. But one of the changes that we've benefited from this uh, last week is the six-month extension to the MOTs. Now, that might sound uh, a little bit strange, but that basically comes from the fact I don't like taking the car to the garage. Uh, one, I know it's always going to cost me money. Uh, and two, uh, I know so little about cars that the garage could tell me anything, and I would have to believe them. Now, in case my garage is watching, I do trust them. I, I should put that in there. Uh, but MOTs are important, aren't they? It'd be pretty scary if people could drive unroadworthy cars. Uh, so we have to take our cars to be inspected so we know that they are safe. Well, car MOTs uh, may be paused at the moment, but this next section in the Sermon on the Plain is going to get us to do a spiritual MOT, a sort of road test on whether we are following Jesus' teaching. So we've been looking at that teaching, haven't we, over the last uh, few weeks. We've seen the blessings and woes that Jesus announced. We've seen his call to radical and gracious love. Uh, we've heard his call uh, not to judge others, uh, but to be generous. Uh, and all this has flowed from a God who is merciful. In our final two weeks in Luke 6, we're going to be challenged to think, are we putting that teaching into practice? Uh, this week, it'll be a self-reflection, uh, looking at uh, what we are doing now. Does it match up to the way uh, that Jesus ex expects his followers to live? And then next week, it'll be a call to action uh, and putting Jesus' words uh, into action. Now, I'm aware, as I say, uh, we doing some self-reflection or cause some different reactions in people. Some people will be there sitting there thinking, I've had so much quiet time uh, over the last few weeks. All I've done is reflect. Others will be thinking, when am I going to get quiet time uh, to reflect? So I'm hoping we can make this uh, fairly simple, whether you like self-reflection or not, by uh, boiling down what Jesus is teaching in that section we've just had read into two questions. Uh, hopefully we can think on those this morning and over this week. The first is, is there a plank you need to remove? And the second is, what fruit are you producing? Now, now don't worry if those don't make sense now. Hopefully they will as we go through. So question number one, is there a plank you need to remove? Uh, let's have a look at verse 41 of Luke chapter 6. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? That's a, a reasonable, famous saying, I think, uh, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Jesus is, of course, speaking figuratively. But imagine that you had a plank of wood uh, like this sticking out of your eye. You know, you're not going to be able to see much. You're going to look pretty stupid. I feel pretty stupid at the moment. Uh, you're going to, as, you, as you swing around, you're going to hit someone uh, in the face. You're not going to be able to get close enough to someone to be able to take a speck of sawdust out of their eye, let alone be able to see it with a huge plank 
uh, sticking out of your face. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fairly obvious. You know, yes, today maybe our planks need to be two meters long. Uh, but it's fairly obvious, isn't it, what Jesus is saying? If you've got a plank of wood sticking out of your eye, how can you see that little speck of sawdust? All right, what you need to do then is, there uh, in the end of verse 42, you hypocrites, first take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now you see, if I take uh, this bit of wood out of my eye, then I can see. I'll be able to see close to get that, that speck of sawdust out of someone else's eye. It's a bit like the illustration we saw in, in verse 39 last week. If we're blind uh, then we're, and we lead someone else, we're going to lead them into a pit. If we can see, then we can teach, we can help them. So it makes sense, uh, the, the illustration, but what is Jesus actually talking about in terms of specks and planks? What do they represent? Well, one commentator on Luke uh, succinctly summarizes it like this. The speck and beam are figures for personal faults that are worthy of correction. The point is simple. What nerve someone with major problems has to be concerned about minor problems in someone else? One should be self-critical before thinking about being critical of others. See, Jesus' teaching here is a warning against self-righteousness. How often we're quick to spot the little faults in someone else's life and much slower to recognize them in our own. And so this is a call for us to first to self-reflect, to look at our own lives. Is there a plank I need to remove? Do I have a, a personal fault that's worthy of correction? Uh, and of course, uh, by this, uh, the context uh, shows we're, it, that means not matching up to Jesus' teaching. Even the immediate context gives us some, some pretty searching questions. Are we more concerned about someone else's one-off, unloving action and trying to pull them up on that, but missing all the areas where we're being unloving and not demonstrating love to others? Or are we quick to point out the time that someone judged us, but never considering all the judgmental comments we make of others? So we need to be looking at how our lives uh, and where our lives have been impacted by the grace and mercy given us to, uh, by God. Uh, where they still need to be impacted. Uh, and we need to, to think about our lives before we go and help others. But once we have removed the plank, then we can help others. Jesus isn't saying that we have to be perfect in order to remove the speck from someone else's eye. Uh, none of us are going to be perfect, but we need to be in the right place to be able to help someone else. We need to be better equipped. Actually, removing the plank from my eye is going to um, help me to help someone else because I'll know how to deal with my shortcomings. So I understand their perspective better. I know how to uh, be changed by God's mercy and his grace. So I can encourage others to be changed by God's mercy and his grace. I know how to work through my issues. I can help others in, in their experience. 
But of course, let's not wait until we're in the position of having to help someone else. Let's begin our self-reflection now. Is there a plank you need to remove? Stop and think about that for a second. Is there something in your life that's not matching up to Jesus' teaching? Do we need to remove that? Do we need to change? So that's our first question on our spiritual MOT. Is there a plank you need to remove? Uh, And the second question is, what fruit are you producing? Uh, Again, uh, Jesus uses an illustration to make his point. Look at verse 43. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruits. People do not pick pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. As uh, Sarah's extremely easy quiz, I hope you all got uh, six out of six, uh, that quiz earlier that she did for us, that shows that the one way we know what type of tree we're looking at is by the fruits that it produces. She mentioned apples. Uh, Now, apples uh, happen to be my uh, favourite fruit. Uh, Some of you uh, may think that that's uh, a bit boring, but when you bite into a succulent, crisp apple, it just tastes so good. Uh, Maybe you even want to do that rather than have a biscuit after the service uh, today. And if I find a a tree that's producing succulent, crisp apples, then then I want to pick pick the apple. I I want to eat it. I'm not going to pick the apple from the tree that's producing the sour, mouldy apples. That's going to be a bad tree. Uh, Nor do I go to the pear trees we have in our garden and expect to find apples. Only an apple tree produces apples. Uh, Only a good apple tree produces the good fruit I want to eat. And the human heart also produces fruit. Uh, And the fruit that the heart produces shows what type of heart we have. Look at verse 45. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Now, if we're wondering what type of fruit a heart produces, well, Galatians 5, uh, the Apostle Paul in uh, that chapter gives an example of what kind of fruit to look out for. He says, The acts of the flesh, a bad fruit, are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, Selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. But the fruit of the Spirit, good fruit, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, if we're producing fruit of the Spirit, the fruit that's in keeping with Jesus' teaching, It shows we have a good heart, a heart that's been changed by Jesus. 
if we're producing fruit that's not in keeping with Jesus' teaching, the acts of the flesh, then it could well be a sign that our hearts still need to be changed by Jesus. There's a couple of things uh, I just want to note uh, as we consider this fruit and the type of fruit that we're producing. Uh, Firstly, let me say uh, that the fruit that's produced isn't the way to get salvation or the way to keep salvation. We're not contradicting grace here. Uh, Jesus is saying that good fruit naturally comes out of the Spirit working with your good heart. Uh, the spirit that is given to us when we become Christians. It, it's, the fruit is a demonstration uh, of God's given faith, not the way that faith is earned. If you remember Paul's uh, hot mug of tea illustration uh, from last week, the heat warms the hands, in the same, and in the same way, faith changes you. So when we are a Christian, it will be seen in the way we act and the way we speak, It'll flow from it, uh, but it won't be uh, the way that we earn our Christian faith. Uh, And secondly, uh, when we're thinking about uh, the fruit we produce, uh, sometimes it's hard in one particular moment to see what fruit is being produced. We're all going to have mixed motives. We're all going to slip up from time to time. Uh, So it's often easier to look back over a period, uh, perhaps say a, a year, uh, and see the way that the fruit of the Spirit has been growing in us. How we've been shaped uh, by Jesus' teaching. Uh, and if you can't see that, then perhaps ask a, a friend who knows you well if they've seen it. See, the Bible says that we'll make progress. It doesn't say we'll meet, make, uh, reach perfection uh, in this life. So two important things uh, to note. But, but with those in mind, let me ask you, what fruit are you producing? Uh, Where's your heart? As Sarah put it earlier, does the way I live show I love Jesus? Consider your speech uh, where that verse 45 ends. Uh, Does it match what you believe? Uh, Are you known for someone who speaks lovingly, honestly, gently, and can control their tongue? Or are you known for someone who speaks speaks harshly, judgmentally, jealously, or in a way that causes factions. What fruit are you producing in your speech? Or or what about the way that you act? Are you known for someone uh, who's uh, loving, kind, generous? Or are you someone whose actions clearly aren't matching what they believe? Where's your heart? Jesus is saying that his followers will be known for actions and speech that match his teaching. It's because of the new heart we're given when we become Christians. Now, yes, our heart, uh, the new heart still needs some minor heart surgery, if I put it that way, uh, as, as God changes us uh, over time to be more uh, like his children, um, inclines our hearts to him as it needs to daily. There's that minor heart surgery that goes on. But we have a new heart. Uh, And that new heart produces that good fruit. It will be seen in the way we act and the way we live. So what fruits are you producing? Even now in lockdown, what fruits are you producing? You 
Here's our spiritual MOT, the questions then to reflect on uh, this week. Is there a plank you need to remove? And what fruit are you producing? And I'm guessing as we consider these things, I know as I do, uh, to a greater or lesser extent, we see things that we want changed. There are ways that we could be better living out uh, Jesus' teaching uh, and keeping in step uh, with his spirit. Uh, and be, uh, be, um, have confidence in that because that desire to uh, want to change is another demonstration that God is working within you. But can I say that the key to that change is not simply just to try harder and harder and harder. Now, we're only going to change when we remember verse 36 that we keep coming back to in this sermon. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. See, it's in God's mercy that we've been given these new hearts. Our hearts of stone have been turned to hearts of flesh as we read in Ezekiel. He's the one that's changed us from our old sinful ways of living to new spirit-filled ways of living. And it's he in the same way. By his mercy, he will remove those planks and produce the good fruit from within us. Need his minor heart surgery. But as that happens, by his mercy, then a more plentiful crop of fruit will be produced. And so as we've been reflecting on those things, if you have spotted an area of your life that you think needs changing to match Jesus' teaching, then go to your father and ask him. Seek his mercy. He's a father who loves you. He's a father who loves to see his children changed into his likeness. So let him change you by his mercy. Go to him and ask him. And then as a car comes out of its MOT, and we're confident it's safe, so as we uh, do this MOT, this uh, road test, this self-reflection of our spiritual life, uh, as we seek the Father's mercy, then we can come out confident that we're safe in him because he'll produce a great crop of good fruit from within us.